The Red Maryland Network is proud to present national conservative radio personality, Rob Carson. Support Rob on Patreon and check out his line of conservatees. And now, here's Rob. It's the Rob Carson Show. Are you ready to be pod-smacked? Now, here's Rob Carson. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. For those of you who are downloading this from uh, a number of different places, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Player FM, whatnot, um, uh, YouTube. This is episode number 198. It is the uh, the 30th of October, the day before Halloween. And uh, for those who are listening on the Podcast Radio Network, hello. Thanks for joining me. I do appreciate it greatly. And those of you who are watching me now on uh, Liberty One TV, you see that up there? It says Liberty One TV. Yeah. Become a member, will you? All right. It's only 33 cents a day. It's only $99 a year. That's 10 bucks a month. All right. 33 cents a day will buy you two bite-sized Snicker bars. <laughs> that's about it. So, uh, and and this show will not make you fat. All right, it won't. It won't make you fat. Yes, it won't threaten your diet. So, if you wouldn't mind, will you sign up? Uh, we'd greatly appreciate it because uh, conservative speech is being attacked across the country, on campus, uh, in the public square, on social media. A lot of conservative uh, thinkers are banned from uh, Twitter and uh, and Facebook and other media because they're conservatives. You ain't gonna ban this. All right. So join me, will you? Join this movement. And by the way, I, I just wanted to show you, for those on Liberty One TV, read on the studio. We've added some things. Got some new TV lighting. You see that over there? That's TV lighting. right? Where, where, yeah, right there, right there. It's weird. Mirror image. Anyway, um, got TV lighting. Got new TV lighting. Moved the camera. Got a different camera. We're adding a lot of stuff, and we're going to be adding uh, uh, some different elements to the broadcast that uh, were previously unavailable to people who didn't work at TV stations. It's kind of cool, actually. So you've been watching the World Series. Last night there were, uh, I think, a half a dozen or a dozen, uh, no, seven home runs hit last night, seven home runs. The one of the things that really bugged me this morning, there was a guy, a home run ball was hit out there. Yesiel Puig, that's his name, hit a home run, and this woman caught the ball in the outfield. There was a man standing next to her, and then another man over a little bit further between, on the other side of the guy. He grabbed the ball out of the woman's hand and threw it back to the players. What? Just just a douche move. Just a real douche move. I wish I could show it to you. I did post it on uh, on social media. I just that was one of the oddest things I'd ever seen. This guy and he looked mad. This woman caught the ball. If I would have, if I were her boyfriend, I would have kicked that guy's ass. I would have thrown him onto the field. So that's that. Um, the big story of the day, obviously, is Paul Manafort. Uh, used to be the uh, campaign manager for uh, the Trump uh, campaign, only for a few months, though, by the way. Uh, he was asked to turn himself into authorities this morning, and he did turn himself into authorities this morning. Manafort and his uh, his partner, Richard Gates, business partner, by the way, partners something completely different, uh, were told to turn themselves in, and they did. Mueller and Gates were indicted by a grand jury contains 12 counts. Conspiracy against the U.S., uh, conspiracy to launder money, unregistered agent of foreign principal, false and misleading uh, statements, okay, false statements, seven counts of failure to uh, file reports of foreign bank and financial accounts. Manafort's house was raided earlier this year, last year, I should say. No, no, this year. By FBI investigators, um, it was a uh, an armed raid, I believe, meant to intimidate he, of course, was uh, reportedly wiretapped by investigators before and after the election, and he wasn't the only one. 
He has been the subject of a long-standing investigation due to his past dealings with uh, Ukraine several years ago. And uh, he didn't file as a foreign agent until June 2017. Mueller has incorporated that investigation into his own probe. And Russia's meddling in the 2016 election and possible collusion with Trump associates, which there's still no proof of. It didn't happen. This, these, are, this is, these are dealings, business dealings going back uh, to 2010s and maybe even before that. He was hired by Ukrainian President Viktor Yanukovych. Pro-Russia politician, he was ousted from power twice after Yen Kuchov, whatever his name is, was eventually elected in 2010. Manafort reportedly stayed on as advisor to work on other projects, including the party of uh, Regions Political Party, whatever that is. Manafort also worked for Russian billionaire Oleg Deripaska. In 2005, Manafort uh, came up with a plan to influence U.S. politics dealings and the media in order to greatly benefit the Putin government. So Manafort had ties with these, uh, this oligarch and this, uh, this president. Uh, Deripaska, 49, is a close cl- cl- uh, Putin ally and signed a $10 million annual contract with Manafort in 2006. Man, I got to do some consulting. $10 million. Wow. Manafort joined uh, uh, then-presidential candidate Donald Trump's campaign March 2, 2016. And he apparently uh, was brought in to wrangle dele- delegates above, uh, ahead of the Republican National Convention in Ohio. He did that for Gerald Ford successfully. And um, Manafort resigned for the campaign August 19th last year after the New York Times reported that he received $12.7 million in undisclosed cash payments from the uh, Yanukovych pro-Russia party. That was between, again, 2007 and 2012. So this is old news. This has been around. Uh, It doesn't change anything. Uh, Secret Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, that's uh, FISA, uh, authorized the wiretapping of Manafort in 2014. That was uh, discontinued in 2016. But investigators obtained another warrant that lasted until early 2017. And the reason they got that, I don't want to make this too confusing, the reason they got another FISA uh, warrant to go after Manafort and the Trump campaign, not just Manafort, but everybody, they were going fishing. They wanted some sort of indictment. They wanted wanted to find something that could besmirch Donald Trump, the Trump uh, uh, campaign, or sabotage the Trump presidency. That's what this was all about. The, uh, the dossier, this is kind of interesting. Um, the dossier was paid for by the Democrat Party, was paid for by Hillary Clinton's campaign, and by Barack Obama, Obama's Organizing for America. Yeah, $900,000 coming from Team Obama. The uh, Organizing for America paid nearly a million bucks to the same law firm, Perkins Coy, that funneled money to GPS, uh, Fusion GPS, the opposition research organization that made the dossier at the request of Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Democrat Party. So uh, OFA, <laughs> Organizing for America, uh, paid the law firm $972,000. Now, the reason why they went through this law firm to funnel money to Fusion GPS was to cover it up. It was a way of laundering the money so no one would know where the money came from for this dossier, which has been discredited and and, besmir- and besmirched. It was a joke. There's nothing in it that was credible. 
Uh, FEC records, as well as federal courts, show that Mark Elias, the Perkins Coy lawyer, was responsible for the payments to Fusion GPS on behalf of Clinton campaign, the DNC, and he also previously served as a counsel for Organizing for America. Apparently, Hillary for America paid this law firm $5.1 million. DNC paid him $5.4 million. So it was $12 million paid to this law firm to launder money and pay Fusion GPS. Now, they say they're doing opposition opposition research, and they, that may have been the case. But they also used this dossier to convince a FISA court to bug the Trump campaign and to uh, bug the Trump presidency. It was true. It was true. One of the questions, did the Obama administration use unverified intelligence gathered in the dossier to justify government surveillance on members of the Trump campaign? Hell yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <sighs> Trey Gowdy was on uh, uh, Fox News Sunday talking about uh, this this story. Here's a, I got a, several bites from Mr. Uh, um, I will tell you this. The only from Mr. Gowdy, and then I will uh, I will comment comment on them. Conversation I've had with Robert Mueller. It was stressing to him the importance of of cutting out the leaks with respect to serious investigations. So it, it is kind of ironic that the people charged with investigating the law and executing the law would violate the law. And make no mistake, disclosing grand jury material is a violation and of they the did. law. So as, and they did before today. As a former prosecutor, I'm disappointed that you and I are having the conversation because somebody violated their oath of secrecy. Yeah, and the oath of secrecy meant that you know, we weren't supposed to find out that uh, people were going to be indicted until Monday morning, until today. But we found out Friday because somebody leaked it. Somebody leaked it. You know, it's it's so clear when it comes to these these leaks and things that that there are people in the administration who are part of the Obama administration, people in the FBI, among other organizations, that are enemies of Donald Trump. They are enemies of Donald Trump, and they want to bring him down. It is very very clear. Here's a little bit more from uh, Trey Gowdy about who paid for the dossier. I am interested in who paid for the dossier because that helps you understand. Well, we kind of already know that. Motive and intent and whether or not you can rely on the document. I am much more interested in whether or not the Department of Justice and the FBI relied upon that dossier in initiating a counterintelligence investigation. The FISA. The FISA warrant. Or in court filings. That is really important to me. I don't expect the DNC to be objective. Um, almost by definition, opposition research is not objective. I do expect an entity represented by a blindfolded woman to be objective. And if they relied on that dossier and they didn't corroborate it uh, or vet it, um, then we have a serious issue. Yep. And that's the next thing that House Intel um, is trying to find out <laughs> is whether or not the U.S. government relied on it. And if they did, uh, there's corruption in the FISA court. Uh, if something as flimsy as this that was not vetted was presented to the FISA court, the FISA court said, okay, go ahead and bug the campaign. Go ahead and, you know, gather uh, intelligence. Then we've got a real problem. By the way, um, apparently Manafort made 13 wire transfers from 2011 to 2012 that drew attention of federal law enforcement, okay? Because whenever you have um, financial transactions over $10,000, financial institutions need to report them. They need to file uh, transaction reports, right? 
So I, I'm not, I don't want to defend Manafort. He may be crooked as the day is long. But again, this has nothing to do with uh, Donald Trump's campaign. This has nothing to do with throwing the election in Donald Trump's favor. It, it, it has nothing to do with it. <clears throat> and by the way, why would, let me just ask you, why would the Russians want Donald Trump to win the election? Win they donated $145 million to the Clinton Global Initiative following the Uranium One deal, which was signed off by a committee that had their Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, on it. Okay? Well, why, why as, as Donald Trump was saying that uh, uh, he, was, he was essentially going to be a hawk with regard to Russia, that he talked tough, yes, he, he, he admired, I guess, to some degree, perhaps, Putin, didn't mean that he it, it, he was in bed with with uh, Putin. Certainly, Hillary Clinton was. Ooh, that's a picture that I just I did not need to have in my head. Um, a little bit more from Mr. Gowdy and uh, the FISA court. Well, actually, the investigation is not just beginning. We've been trying for a long time to get the Department of Justice to give us access to this information. It frankly took the Speaker of the House uh, this week to tell the department that we're not going away. Um, you know, Chris, people don't like it when I say this, but it's actually true. It's sometimes hard to tell the difference between the Obama Department of Justice and the current Department of Justice. Because they're the same people. In terms of transparency and their willingness to share information with Congress, this is a really simple request. Did you rely on the dossier? And if so, did you vet it before you relied upon Thank you. it? You can answer that in 30 seconds, but it's taken yes. three months for the Department of Justice, and only recently have they agreed to give us the information. Yeah, because the dossier was a flimsy excuse to bug the Trump campaign. That's it. And here's about the uh, money laundering done by the DNC, Barack Obama, and the Hillary Clinton campaign using the law firm. Well, I'm not an election law expert, Chris, but the good news is you don't have to be uh, to understand uh, the absurdity of believing that you can launder all of your campaign money by just hiring a law firm. I, I mean, uh, imagine if you and I were running for Congress and we just hired a law firm and said, hey, you go do all the oppo, you go buy all the television, you go buy all the bumper stickers, you go hire all the experts, and we're going to launder all of this through a law firm. I can't think of anything that defeats the purpose of transparency laws more than that. So I am interested in that. Yeah, they, they went through the law firm. Uh, the law firm, and, and according to, uh, to uh, reports, the money was paid for legal services. So they could say, it, vaguely, it was used for legal services. And all it was there was to get the money to Fusion GPS without having the Hillary campaign, Barack Obama, and the DNC's fingerprints on it. There you go. Of course, Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, denied knowing anything about it. When did you learn the DNC and the Clinton campaign were behind the dossier? I wasn't aware of the situation at all. How can you, could you have led the DNC and be in the dark about the dossier? I wasn't aware of the arrangement at all. Okay, he was not aware of the arrangement. And again, she reminds me of another famous clueless Schultz. I see nothing. I know nothing. And, of course, Hillary Clinton doesn't know anything about it either. Even though a considerable amount of money, $11 million, came from the DNC and Hillary Clinton's campaign. And the head of the DNC didn't know anything about it. That's incompetent. 
if it is true. <laughs> That's just it. By the way, a CNN reporter who helped uh, lead the network's coverage of the dossier has connections to Fusion GPS. Apparently, they're good friends. Evan Perez or Perez has been favorable to the forum and hyped the dossier's credibility. He has uh, largely relied on unnamed sources in his personal closeness to Fusion GPS operatives. Apparently, uh, Perez has worked with three co-founders of Fusion, Glenn Simpson, Tom Catan, and Peter Fritsch. At the Wall Street Journal, Perez and Simpson co-authored uh, stories of the journal, and they've uh, been seen out uh, fishing trips, having a good time. They're, they're buddies. <laughs> they're buddies. Fusion GPS and Evan Perez. Now, Evan Perez needed to disclose this. This is a conflict of interest. But, you know, CNN doesn't have any uh, credibility. But the thing to take from it, again, is that, and I, when I was hearing this this morning, I, I was curious. I, I, uh, there was debate that it could be Manafort over the weekend. And I was I concerned? I was curious. But there were people on the MSNBC and CNN saying that, I mean, lashing out saying somebody, somewhere in the Trump administration could end up in jail for 20, 30, 70 years. I heard that, that quote. I'm like, how in the hell, <laughs> honestly, how in the hell are you able to speculate when, A, you don't know who's being indicted, and then, B, you don't know what they're being indicted for? You idiots. It's just, un, uh, just it's, it's ugly. It's just ugly. Here's Hillary Clinton talking about it over the weekend. So from your standpoint, the direction of all of this in Russia came from who? Well, we know from the intelligence that has been gathered that Putin directed it. Putin said, we're going after her. I don't want her to be president. If she makes it anyway, I want her to be damaged. Because, look, I stood up to him when I was Secretary of State. That no, you didn't. She didn't do anything. Do, what Name one big foreign policy achievement that Hillary Clinton did while she was Secretary of State. Go ahead. What'd she do? Yeah. And why would the Russians, with ties to Vladimir Putin, give $145 million to her global initiative? Okay, if they wanted to take her down, I mean, let's face it, um, not the most benevolent uh, people in the world as far as charitable giving is concerned, uh, the Russian government. <laughs> but by gosh, they sure they sure liked what Bill and Hillary were doing. It was my job as the representative of this great country of ours yeah. and the behavior the Russians were engaged in in Syria and Ukraine. And what did you do about that? Uh, in in one airstrike of an airfield, Donald Trump did more about Syria than you did in all your time as Secretary of State. The phony elections that they were running in Russia, I spoke out about that. Really? That goes with the territory. But Putin <laughs> took it personally, and he also uh, is a you know pretty clear exhibit of sexism. Uh, in oh, so, okay, so Putin's a sexist too, by the way. Motion. So he he whatever prior experiences or connections he and or the people around him had with the Trump family were only now uh, understanding. But he wanted to hurt me. And the the order went out. And look, they are really good at this. They are good at compromat, compromising people. By now, Barack Obama uh, told Medvedev, remember that, the meeting? And he said, uh, I'll have more flexibility. Tell, tell Vladimir after the election, I'll have more flexibility. 
What did that mean? That doesn't sound like an administration that uh, <clears throat> is really anti-Russia, really wants to keep Russia on its toes. By making up stuff, they're good at what's called active measures, you know, putting out lies, suborning people. Uh, and uh, it came from the Kremlin and it was uh, executed through most likely uh, their intelligence services uh, and proxies like WikiLeaks, which has basically become a proxy of uh, Russian... Blah, 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 blah. I don't believe you. It, it is amazing that now the Democrats are saying all of this stuff about uh, about uh, Russia, you know. The Russians, the enemy and all this stuff. When Barack Obama said this when he was in a debate with uh, Mitt Romney, listen to this. Governor Romney, I'm glad that you recognize that al-Qaeda is a threat. Because a few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Not al-Qaeda. You said Russia. In the 1980s or now, calling to ask for their foreign policy back. Because, you know, the Cold War has been over for 20 years. And now suddenly, after the Uranium One deal has been, uh, has been uh, revealed, Russia's our enemy. Russia's our number one geopolitical threat, according to Democrats now. <laughs> you know, it's... it's uh, the the hypocrisy is uh, is remarkable. It really is. It's it's quite remarkable. <clears throat> Let's move on to some other stuff. I want to talk a little bit about what happened over the um, over the weekend. Now, last week there was a meeting of the NFL owners. Okay, and Bob McNair, the uh, owner of the uh, Houston Texans, <clears throat> said of the uh, players who are knee you know taking a knee or sitting for the national anthem that uh, basically the inmates are running the prison yard. We can't have the inmates running the prison yard, is what he said about it. And and he was confusing his metaphors <clears throat> because if you can't have the inmates running the asylum, I guess. This apparently was somehow racist suddenly uh, and awful that he said it. And uh, so a bunch of the Texans decided, and uh, I believe that the majority of the Houston Texans kneeled during the national anthem in protest because of what the owners said. Now I'm going to tell you something. If I was a boss, I'd fire their asses. You don't protest your boss, okay? You don't protest your boss. You don't protest the man who's paying your multi-multi-million dollar salary so you can drive a Bentley to and from practice. So the majority of the players staged a mass protest during the national anthem. Dozens knelt. Ten team members stood. In addition, several members of the Seahawks team also protested. Michael Bennett, Sheldon, blah, blah. Who cares about these dips, wads? Texans held a players' meeting on Saturday to decide uh, how to present themselves on Sunday after McNair said what he said. And he has issued a public apology with the team, which he shouldn't have had to. Um. We're dealing with a generation of people, and I'm not saying all, but we are dealing with a genera- generation snowflake. Uh, millennials is the first generation that being offended was a capital offense. This is the first time. We've seen it happen on uh, on campus. We've seen it happen in the media. Everybody's offended about something. And these these brutes, these these men who can bench press 400, 500 pounds, these, these men who can uh, run, uh, you know, 4-4, four, four, in the 40, whatever. I don't know much about statistics, I guess. But they're hurt by these words, and now they're taking a knee during the national anthem as protest. What, what the 
F kind of sense does that make? And this is getting real for the National Football League. Uh, the the popularity of the sport is declining. The perception of the sport by fans is declining. Major League Baseball has overtaken uh, football as the number one sport in the country. I'm sure it's affecting revenue. It's affecting bodies in the stands. And uh, I think the, the uh, owners, if they see that these protests taking a knee are impacting the bottom line, they should be able to fire these people. There's a show on Fox Sports called Speak for Yourself. There's a uh, co-host on there named Jason Whitlock. Uh, here's what he had to say about the national anthem protesters, and I couldn't agree more. You're dealing with children. They're dealing with children with unreasonable expectations. Now, why this makes sense. <clears throat> You're dealing with children with unrealistic expectations. All right? You've got people who are protesting the national anthem because of police brutality and social injustice. Okay, fine. Uh, it's a narrative that was created um, long ago uh, as far as police brutality narrative uh, that was brought about by Ferguson where Mike Brown, who was a criminal, uh, attacked a police officer and the officer shot him. <clears throat> so that's based on a lie. It's based on a narrative that uh, more black men are shot uh, percentage-wise uh, by police than white men. That, that, again, is not, that is not true. That is not true. Look at the statistics. This whole movement has, has destroyed inner cities. I mean, Chicago murders are up way up. Baltimore murders way up because police have thrown their hands up. There's nothing they can do about it. And these players, some for some reason, it started with Colin Kaepernick, <clears throat> had decided to protest the national anthem with the unrealistic goal of, I guess, ending injustice. So, meaning that there's no finish line. And I've said to you this before, guys. There's no finish line. When are you going to stand during the national anthem? When? Show me some cognitive results. Show me some statistics that will satisfy your current disrespect for the country. Show me the, tell me what needs to be done exactly. This is purely about selfish ego grandstanding. Here's some more from uh, Jason Whitlock. Uh I think it would be a mistake for the owners to have the meeting, to be quite honest with you, because this Russell Kuhn at one point says, with breast cancer awareness, with concussions, with domestic violence, the NFL, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, Russell, are you aware there is no other side to concussions? Everybody's against it. Yeah, There's yeah. no other side to cancer. Everybody's against it. There's no other side to domestic violence. Everybody's against it. When you start talking about racial issues and equality issues, we fought a civil war. Yeah. People lost their lives. Racial issues are far more... There's two, three, ten sides to them, and you can't figure this stuff out in a meeting. And so they're, they're dealing with kids that are souped up on social media. And I, Godspeed. To God bless all the owners for having to deal with this because I just... They're dealing with children. I, I love that. And that's, that's who we are dealing with. We are dealing with uh, children throwing a temper tantrum, children wanting some sort of attention. Uh, you know, it, it, there's no country in the world where there isn't some sort of injustice. <laughs> there's no country in the world where, uh, where racism does not exist. 
you know? I like to use the analogy, you know. Uh, the United States, if you, you just look at the, the Olympic teams for the United States. Uh, they are diverse as the day is long. There is every nationality, uh, every color, uh, all of that represented. But in China, um, the teams are Chinese, pretty much Chinese. And the same goes for Japan. The same goes for a lot of countries. We are the most diverse country in the history of mankind. Yes, we had slave owners uh, in you know in 1865, and then Jim Crow laws uh, sponsored by Democrats. Um, but we have always strived to be a more perfect union. And now we've got a generation of people who haven't had a crisis, who haven't had a uh, civil rights movement. Uh, they haven't had a uh, war protest movement, so they need some sort of acknowledgement that they are somehow doing something right, I guess, to change something that is out of their realm of uh, ability, <laughs> you know? They're children. We see this on college campuses with safe spaces, you know? Uh, just ridiculous. By the way, uh, before we go any further, I wanted to share my line of, uh, of T-shirts and, uh, and uh, hoodies, onesies. Uh, we've got uh, laptop covers, phone covers, and everything. It is called uh, tpublic.com, and uh, I'm showing on my uh, Liberty One TV broadcast uh, there's a flag that says, I, I stand during the national anthem. There's Uncle Sam saying, suck it up, snowflake. Uh, these are politically incorrect designs, and uh, right now you can get them a T-shirt for $14. They're normally 23 You can't coexist when some people want to kill you using the coexist uh, design, coexist spelled out of religious symbols. Uh, there's 62 designs up there now, and if you wouldn't mind order, you know, the holidays are coming up, and there are some real, no, Christmas is coming up. Yeah, Christmas is coming up. There's a, uh, a picture of a emergency a break glass um, unit, and the, there's a binky in it, and it's for the Democrats, you know, a baby binky. Veganism is an eating disorder, all of these, and they're available again uh, at that uh, website, teepublic.com slash user slash conservatees, conservatees, all right? If you would uh, do that, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, become a member of libertyontv.com, all right? NFL owners dealing with children with unrealistic expectations. That is absolutely perfect. Absolutely. Jesse Jackson is basically, and you've heard this, and I don't know why he needs to inject himself into it, but he's a race baiter. And uh, he said of uh, Bob McNair that uh, he has a plantation mentality. Okay. <laughs> Jackson suggests the NFL provide extensive details about what was said at the closed-door meeting regarding players' national anthem protests. So they should really make the minutes of that meeting public. No, they shouldn't. It's a private organization. They, they have no, there is no need for them or uh, anything to uh, make them produce the minutes, Jesse. It's none of your damned business, in other words. So they have a, a kind of uh, plantation mentality. The players are objectified in some sense. Mr. McNair is a product of the South. <laughs> they act like he's a victim or misunderstood, but those players have made him a wealthy man. Well, th that man has made them very wealthy, Mr. Jackson, you moron. They're employees. 
Mr. McNear said he's sorry, but he also said uh, what he had, uh, what he said in an uninhibited way when he's in a private meeting with the other owners. There should be some kind of sanctions. Other owners heard him talk that way, and they shouldn't condone that kind of talk. Now, this is how Jesse Jackson makes his money. He decides he's going to go in. He's going to inject him into the uh, into the controversy, and then he's going to blackmail them. That's that's how he does. That's his modus operandi. That's what happens with with Jesse Jackson. That's how Al Sharpton. That's why he's able to wear a three thousand dollars suits. Jackson said, "I reached out to Mr. McNair. Haven't heard back from him. Reached out to Jerry Jones. Haven't heard back from him. I would love to talk with him and Jerry Jones and put together a plan. There's a way to increase equality and put together a plan for fairness. This is a solvable problem. No." What the hell? He also says the players should escalate their nonviolent protests. You know, hell with it. Hell with it. Just, you know, just take take NFL football and go kiss kiss my ass. I'm going to watch hockey this winter. <clears throat> just so tired of this crap. You don't have the right to, to sit or protest during the national anthem when you are an NFL player. You don't. You have the ability... Thanks to an overpaid jackass who's the commissioner of football who could have nipped this in the bud a very long time ago and told Colin Kaepernick, sir, you got to stand. That is protocol, and it is protocol in the NFL. You're supposed to stand, face the flag, put your helmet under your left arm. That's the way it's supposed to be. There was nothing wrong with the national anthem. There was nothing wrong with the show of patriotism. There's nothing wrong with that reflective moment where we realize how fortunate we are to live in the country that we live in. There's nothing wrong with tearing up when you hear the national anthem at a uh, at an event. But you know what? Everything everything we have right now is under attack. Every everything we have is is under attack. Our history is under attack. You know, my monuments are coming down around the country. Uh, George Washington's church is saying that a, a a plaque honoring George Washington has to come down. Here is the uh, the story from Fox Five in in uh, Washington D.C. Happening in Virginia. Yeah, stunning story. So the church that George Washington himself attended, uh, there's a pew there where his, and the pews were different quite then. Actually, this is Fox Food Friends. And there were almost boxes where people would be. There's a plaque in there that, that this is where he and his family sat. Well, Christ Church in Virginia is now taking issue with it and saying the plaque must come down in George Washington's own church. Here's what, here's what Christ Church said in a statement. They said, the plaques in our sanctuary make some in our presence feel unsafe or unwelcome. Some visitors and guests who worship with us choose not to return. Many in our congregation feel a strong need for the church to stand clearly on the side of all are welcome, no exception. Uh, this, is, uh, this is unbelievable. This is absolutely unbelievable. George Washington's church, father of the country, first president. Yeah, he was a slave owner. You know what? Slavery was the way of the world, was the way of the world back then. George Washington ordered that his slaves be freed upon his death, and they were. Um, slavery was the way of the world, man. It, it, it sucks, but that's the way it was. Uh, it, it was uh, there were people, people have been enslaved throughout history. I heard somebody say, should they tear down the pyramids? They were built by slaves, <laughs> you know. Where were George Washington, the church that he attended, took down a plaque honoring him because some people feel unsafe, which is a load of horse crap. I feel unsafe because of a picture of George Washington. Why in the hell would you feel unsafe or unwelcome? 
What here? What you do if you want to make people feel unwelcome? You you put up a sign that says you're not welcome here. There you go. Yeah. This is um, idiotic political perception where people perceive things that no one has ever thought because they need it's a moving target it's a moving target the there's a there's a big uh, offense industrial complex in this country right now and when they find a target they destroy the target then they find another target it's confederate monuments came out of nowhere okay well confederate monuments i guess no most people don't realize it even I've even heard black people say, you know, we got to recognize history. So he went after that. Now that moving target is gone. So they have to come up with something else. So they're going after the founders. Jesse Jackson proposed, or was it Al Sharpton? One of those race baiters uh, said that we ought to uh, uh, not fund publicly the National Mall. The upkeep of the Washington Monument, the upkeep of the Jefferson Memorial. There's another target, and if if that happens, then where do we go now? Everybody's offended by something. But only in 2017 has offense becoming, uh, has has offense become a capital crime. It's really sad and pathetic, and for those who are constantly offended, let me offend you even further. Go to hell. Yuri Gurriel plays for the... uh, Houston Astros. He he made the uh, he made his eyes look Chinese or whatever. He took his fingers and he made it look like a, a caricature of an Asian person because he was uh, making fun of an opposing player, and um, the opposing player is of um, an Iranian father and a Japanese mother, and he comes from Japan. And apparently they, they got a close-up of uh, this guy. Uh, and by the way, Yu Darvish is the player that he was maligning. And Yuri, Yuli Guriel has been, uh, uh, he's going to be benched for five games next season. So this shouldn't have even been seen. This was uh, between players who are big boys and can handle it. But the uh, the TV camera caught him, and apparently he said the word chinito, which is a Spanish slang for little Chinese boy. <clears throat> oh, my God! Major League Baseball Commissioner Bob Manfred suspended Guriel. <clears throat> Pardon me. Says there's no place in our game for the behavior or any behavior like the behavior we witnessed uh, last night. Guriel has been batting 340 in the series, by the way. Uh, he didn't offend, intend to offend anybody. He says that in his country, people use the word Chino to refer to anybody of Asian descent, though he learned the inappropriate nature of the team while playing in Japan in 2014. He says that his actions were defensible. I deeply regret it. I would particularly like to apologize to you, Darvish, a pitcher that I admire and respect. I would also like to apologize to the Dodgers organizations, the Astros, Major League Baseball. I would like to lay myself on the ground and be flogged by you physically. Is there anything I can do to get your forgiveness? Dear God in heaven, help me. What I've done is unforgivable. I should be shot. Astros general manager Jeff Lunhow, or Lunau, said in a statement that the organization would donate uh, Guriel's salary in equal parts to the Astros Foundation and to charity. These for the five games he's going to be suspended. The charity directly supporting uh, diversity efforts, of course. The owner also said he had no intention to, of offending anybody, but he realizes they perceived offensiveness of his actions. 
In addition to sitting out the five games, and here's the icing on the in, in the the uh, the offense cake. Are you ready for it? Guriel will also undergo sensitivity training in the off season. <sighs> Mr. Guriel, to his credit, quickly realized last night that his behavior was wrong. He expressed remorse. Remorse. Wow. Again. <clears throat> The offense target moves. The offense target moves. Coming up, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, a state that is warning people that marijuana edibles could end up in your kid's Halloween bag. It's not going to happen. So I'll share that with you in a second. Kevin Kevin Spacey's has apologized to Anthony Rapp. Apparently, uh, Kevin Spacey's uh, alleged sexual advances toward him 31 years ago. Uh, after apologizing to the Star Trek Discovery actor, this is uh, this Anthony Rapp. I don't know who this guy is. <clears throat> uh, he went on to say uh, he had a lot of respect and admiration, admiration for him as an actor, and then uh, goes on to say he was horrified by the story, does not remember the encounter, said he was drunk. He said on Twitter, as those closest to me know in my life, I have had relationships with both men and women. I have loved and had romantic encounters with men throughout my life. And I chose I choose to live as a gay man. So the the this apparently is a big revelation that Kevin Spacey is gay. Really, wow, would have never known. I mean, never. Where'd that come from? Everybody knows he's gay, but because if you come out as gay or you come out as some sort of protected class, then you'll be forgiven, right? It, it's kind of like I'm going check checking myself into rehab, and I'm going to become a better a uh, better person, Harvey Weinstein. It normally works. No, no, not, not, so, not so much anymore. I was thinking uh, some groups are going after <clears throat> Aunt Jemima, you know, Aunt Jemima. And in there, there was a time that it was a, it was a real, you know, it was a real stereotypical characterization of a, of a black woman, of a black servant. Aunt Jemima used to have a red bandana tied around her head. Remember that? Well, they modernized her and all that stuff, but some people are still wanting to get rid of Aunt Jemima. And I said, I said, the the only thing that they could do with Aunt Jemima is make her a transsexual and make her Uncle Jemima, and then it would be fine. Because some people, there are protected classes in this country, and if, if you suddenly you remember that class, back off, man. Back off. So they need to change her to a him, call her Uncle Jemima, and everything will be fine. Spacey allegedly made a pass at rap in 1986 when they were working on a, a Broadway in the revival of Long Day's Journey and Tonight and Precious Sons, respectively. By the way, Spacey was 26. Rap was 14. Rap said the advances happened after a party at Spacey's apartment. Spacey picked Rap up, put him on his bed, climbing on top of him. Rap said that this was an attempt for Spacey to seduce him. I was aware that he was trying to get, to get with me sexually. My stomach tur- churns. I still, to this day, can't wrap my head around so many aspects of it. It's just deeply confusing to me. <clears throat> so we found this, 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 this group of people in Hollywood, the ones who are so willing to preach when they accept rewards or awards, the ones who stare in the camera and they, they want us to drive safe, crappy cars and, and live in little houses and they... they sail on massive yachts and have multiple homes and Bentleys and all that, and they act like they're morally superior, but they're the worst people in the world. They are the worst people in the world, and and many of the people in Washington, D.C. are the same damn way. Bookends of depravity on the country, folks. Bookends of depravity on the country. 
So, New Jersey is warning parents to look out for people slipping their kids marijuana-laced candy while trick-or-treating. No evidence that it ever has happened exists. This, according to advocates, for legalizing the drug. They're saying it's more than just a a scare tactic. And it is. It's bullcrap. It's bullcrap. It's going after something that doesn't need to be gone after. First of all, no stoner is going to give away his 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 candy, uh, you know, or his edibles, or his gummy bears, or his, they have these little orange slices I've heard. I've never tried it. I, I, I kind of would like to. I don't like to smoke pot. So uh, the state's attorney general's office published a document uh, being shared by law enforcement agencies around New Jersey and beyond, including a warning about a significant presence of marijuana candy and other edibles. In New Jersey and nearby states, the presence of these edible forms of marijuana poses as a great risk to users, especially to children who may accidentally receive marijuana candy during Halloween. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Razors and Apples of 2017. And in case you didn't go through that, an entire generation, in fact, I think two generations of children uh, were talked into, their parents talked into taking their candy to hospitals and having it x-rayed. And how many razors or needles were found in all of that candy, the billions and billions and billions of pieces of candy over a 30-year period? How many razors were found in apples or anything else in kids' candy? Zero. A giant hoax, a giant joke. The warning cites the case of a 10-year-old New York boy who became ill after eating candy infused with cannabis found in the backseat of his family's car. Nothing to do with Halloween. Advocates say um, the Halloween urban myth, this, like I said, the razor blades of 2017, this is the first thing I said when I, when I heard the story. Uh, even Nissen, executive director of a New Jersey chapter of Normal, which is a legalization of marijuana group, said cannabis consumers are not looking to dose children with cannabis. That, cannabis. that is not something that I've heard of anybody ever being interested in doing or wanting to uh, do or would think it's ethical. Plus, also, you generally know the neighborhoods you went to, so you could probably narrow down the person who put the raisin in your apple or the edible in your bag. <clears throat> Sharon Lachere, spokesman for the state's attorney general office, says there have been, no, there have been several instances in the state of, uh, and elsewhere of children becoming ill after eating an, a, a, edible marijuana. This is people who don't uh, put their stash away around their kids. She declined to respond on follow-up questions to cite specific cases. Of course not. But said, uh, our job is to prevent accidents whenever possible, and given the striking similarities between these edible drugs and legitimate candy products, a warning has been, uh, was necessary and appropriate. We want our children to have a safe and happy Halloween. And by the way, somebody might try to uh, drop a handgun in your kid's bag as well. You should be aware of that. Yeah. Al Delafave, spokesman for the Ocean County Prosecutor's Office, which shared the message this week, concedes that the likelihood of someone giving a trick-or-treater marijuana candy is slim. But you never know. That's what he said, but you never know. <laughs> I just, uh, stupid, stupid, stupid. Really, 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 really stupid. Southwest Airlines doing these little pop-up concerts, and not everybody is uh, terribly uh, excited about it. I could see a pop-up concert when you're, you know, having a walk and, and I've seen those, those uh, people get together, flash mobs in the malls, and they'll do, uh, and I saw one, actually. Saw one actually happen, and, and it was nice. It was kind of cool. But, you know, when I'm sitting in a, a seat that's 18 inches wide, 
with my my knees hitting the chair in front of me. The last thing I want is uh, uh, some musicians at the front of the plane and everybody in the plane with their phones out and all of that crap. <clears throat> this is apparently for flights out of Nashville, and they've uh, signed with some Nashville, a uh, Warren, uh, Warner Music in Nashville. And they're going to do these pop-up air concerts in, uh, in flights. And apparently, uh, there'll be around 15 to 20 flights with live music out of 1.2 million flights a year. Uh, Jake Tapper said, what fresh hell is this? Another, uh, another uh, Twitter uh, uh, tweeter said, file this under things no one asked for. Amen. Another Twitter follower appeared to be uh, 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 introducing the music would usher in a whole new category of performances while airborne. Jesus Christ, what's next? Improv? <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big country music fan, so maybe I'm jaded. I'm just not a big country music fan. Uh, and I, it would, I would find it to be an irritant, to be quite honest. <laughs> And it's not because I'm an old fart. Did you hear about these two women who were lost at sea for uh, five months? This is an amazing story. Um, Jennifer Appel, Tasha Fuyaba were going from to Hawaii to Tahiti last spring, and their, uh, their engines failed May 30th, and they were picked up at sea last week. Here's this story from KHON-TV in Hawaii. The women left the Alawai Boat Harbor on their way to Tahiti with two dogs, Valentine and Zeus. They sent out distress signals wow. daily, but were too far away from other vessels or stations to receive them. You can't get any help at all because you're in the middle of nowhere. And if it falls apart around you, you're swimming and you're shark bait. It was very depressing and it was very hopeless, but it's the only thing you can do. So you do what you can with what you have. Yeah. You have no other choice. The women tell us they survived on a year's worth of food and water purifiers that changed salt water into drinking water. They described a chilling experience with sharks surrounding the city. This would be freaky. We were very slowly maneuvering through their living room, and they came by to slap their tails and tell us that we needed to move along. And they decided to use our vessel to teach their children how to hunt. Wow. And they attacked at night. In a stroke of luck, a Taiwanese fishing vessel found them Tuesday, five months after they set sail to Tahiti. Wow. The women's sailboat drifted 900 miles southeast of Japan. The Navy's USS Ashland rescued the mariners and dogs and brought them on board. It was incredibly emotional. Um, and it was, it was so satisfying to know the men and women that serve our country. Yeah. deemed the sailboat unseaworthy. It's currently drifting out at sea. But the mariners tell us they cannot wait to get the sailboat back. Fear, not in their vocabulary. So they want to go back. <clears throat> after after five months, uh, powerless at sea. No sails, drifting aimlessly. Fortunately, they had enough food. They, they survived on uh, rice and pasta and whatever. They had a year's supply worth of food. But imagine that, you're just looking out and seeing nothing but ocean for five months. They had two dogs with them, uh, no media, you know. Every day the same grind, you wake up, you, you search the horizon. You, at night they did watches, one of them will watch overnight and see if they could see. 
uh, boats and they would see boat lights off in the distance and they would fire flares and nobody saw it. I just, I don't know how you, how, how you survive that. I don't know how you survive that. Uh, another story, uh, police officers are um, caught on tape at Needham Elementary School in Franklin, Indiana. Apparently there was a, an autistic boy who got in a fight with a bully outside. The school was put on lockdown while the cops arrived and the boy uh, was later charged as a juvenile with battery. A nine-year-old boy charged with battery, uh, handcuffed and perp walked out to the car. Here is uh, the audio from Dad filming it. Come to a Franklin school and arrest an autistic child. You ready? We're going to take a deep breath. Ready? It's all right. We got this beat. Do you think your father's going to think about you? Do you want to dance? No. Okay. Devin, just chill out, buddy. You're leaving with me. Promise you. Just chill out, buddy. You're leaving with me. I promise you. Father watching his nine-year-old son. Four feet, three inches tall. Handcuffed and taken out to a police car by two armed police officers. He gets picked on. A second fight in four days broke out when his son was trying to kill a locust and a bully shoved him from behind and said, stop killing the bug. Apparently, uh, the son was bullied by another kid and he told the staff several times about it. Nothing was done. So when the kid hit him twice in four days, he, he just fought back. He broke down. He just couldn't take it anymore. He's tired of it. Apparently, it says the nine-year-old boy went behind the other boy, pushed him down, started choking him. Then a, t- a student said that when a teacher tried to break it up, the boy jumped on the teacher's back, started choking her before another teacher stepped in. The boy has since moved schools and is doing awesome. The charges against the boy have been dropped. Uh, when the hell do you bring... Police, you call the police on a nine-year-old, a third grader. <clears throat> I swear to God, we are a class of of wimps. Just honestly, this little a little boy. I can't handle. It. We got to call the police on a nine-year-old. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Oh, by the way, if you get the iPhone ten. And you want to uh, fix the screen? Be two hundred seventy-five bucks. Uh, apparently, for the uh, iPhone eight, uh, one hundred sixty-nine dollars. You can't get this thing called Apple Care extended warranty, and it adds another hundred ninety-nine dollars on the uh, iPhone ten's sticker price, which is a thousand dollars. So twelve hundred dollars for a phone <laughs> and a protection plan. <laughs> And by the way, you can. it only covers two instances of accidental damage. If you accidentally damage your phone the third time, the cost of repairing it will cost you about $549. So there you go. Oh, this is interesting. <clears throat> Little uh, dog named Rumpelstiltskin has been uh, adopted uh, in the last year. It went to a, uh, an owner, Tiffany Fortuna, from Glen Gardner, New Jersey. The thing about the dog is the dog apparently ate the remains of his uh, owner, and that's how the dog ended up in, in, in a shelter. Apparently, his owner was dead for a considerable amount of time before anyone noticed, and he did uh, what he had to do to stay alive. You know? 
So the, the, the body had been there for two weeks, and the dog would have starved. <clears throat> so the dog decided to eat, uh, eat the owner. Well, you know, I, I hate to tell you this. I read a study not too long ago that says uh, your dog, if you died in your home, your dogs would eat you. That's just the way it is. You, you suddenly become meat. Uh, meat. If you don't throw toys, you don't breathe, uh, you become meat. And what's even worse is that in, in certain cases, and they say uh, most of the time, even if the dog has food, they'll eat the owner anyway. Nice to know, huh? You know, you're thinking, uh, oh, look, he's giving me a kiss. No, he's not. He's tasting you. He's, he's saying in his, in his mind, when you die, I am so going to eat you. I'm going to, oh, yeah, I am. So I guess they put the 538.com has looked at 86 different Halloween candies and had 8,300 people vote on which ones are the best. This is the uh, the definitive list of the best Halloween candies ever. Here they are. Butterfinger, number 10. Butterfinger is my favorite. I love me some Butterfinger. Always have. Peanut butter M&M's, number nine. Reese's stuffed with pieces. Reese's stuffed with pieces. Oh, these are Reese's peanut butter cups with Reese's pieces inside them. Why? Well, I didn't even know those existed. Milky Way's number seven, Reese's pieces. Uh, number six, Snickers. Number five, Kit Kats. Number four, Twix. Number three, I love Twix. Reese's miniatures. Okay, Reese's miniatures. These are the little little ones. You know what I'm talking about? The little mini cups. Uh, they call them Reese's cups in in Kentucky and some areas of the country. Uh, and then uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Number one. Number. One on the list. I I don't eat a lot of chocolate candy. I, I like kind of like the sour stuff. Uh, I like uh, I like sour gummy bears. That's I don't need just I like and I don't eat a lot of them. Uh, but I, I'm just not a big chocolate guy. I got I got about uh, I think I spent forty five dollars this year, and I've got the the full size candy bars for the kids who are polite, have good costumes, and and say please and thank you, and trick or treat. And then for the other kids, uh, they get they get the smaller stuff. You know, you get a few of the the the, the smarties and the. Sour Patch Kids and the mini candy bars and all that stuff. That's how I roll, folks. That's how I roll. Uh, and that is about going to do it for my show today. I want to thank you for uh, for listening and uh, and encourage you, if you wouldn't mind, share it on social media. Share it on social media. Share that you can download it free on, uh, on a variety of different uh, venues, outlets, including, of course, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and the like. All right? So there's that. I'm looking at my PC over here because I have to get a... Uh, I have to do my own technical, uh, my own technical stuff. All right, <laughs> I have to do it all myself. It's also available, by the way, on. I, I, I want to say her name. My personal assistant, <laughs> Alexa. There she is. Dang it! Just say Alexa, play the Rob Carson Show podcast, and she'll play it. Okay. Also, uh, guys, if you wouldn't mind. Become a member of this glorious organization that I am a part of, a uh, an entertaining and uh, powerful uh, place for punditry, <laughs> All right? LibertyOneTV.com, LibertyOneTV.com. Uh, again, 33 cents a day, uh, $99 a year, $10 a month. You won't miss it, and, uh, and you'll be helping out uh, pundits and uh, entertainers like me and the others on our site. Again, LibertyOneTV.com. In the meantime, have a glorious and safe day, and I will see you for tomorrow's Halloween edition of the show. Thanks for listening to The Rob Carson Show. Friend him on Facebook at Carson Show, on Twitter at Rob Carson, and on Instagram. Uh, I think Facebook and Twitter are enough for now. We'll see you soon. You can subscribe to all of our Red Maryland Network programming on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, 
and the TuneIn Radio app. You can also listen to the Red Maryland Network by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash redmaryland or visit the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com.